Welcome to this episode of the Outfront Podcast with host Vince Noble, the podcast that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. For sponsorship and advertisement opportunities, please contact info at nobleresolutions.com. And now, your host, Vince Noble. I want to acknowledge each and every one of you stepping into your authentic power today. Hey, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Outfront Podcast. I am your host, Vince Noble. Hey, I am super excited today. We have the distinct pleasure of having with us Mr. Sean Perez, a former bad boy entertainment executive. Sean got his start while working to help legendary rap mogul P. Diddy build the bad boy entertainment group. Sean is now the head of his own company, Power Moves Inc., a promotions-orientated enterprise whose clients include EA Sports, A1, MGA, MGM Studios, and others. Sean has worked with the late Notorious Big, Mace, Black Rob, and others, and has helped to launch the careers of some of hip-hop's biggest stars. As always, before we get started with these extraordinary conversations, I want to say as much as I love how intellectually stimulating they are, they are meant to do far more than pique our intellect. They are meant to drive us into meaningful action. So as you listen, our guests are not solely on this show to promote themselves, their services or products. However, in large part, to provide significant insights and actionable steps to encourage you, thereby helping to shift you from one level to the next. So I encourage you to listen and to think about how you may be positively impacted in some way. No matter who you are, it is my greatest hope that you find tremendous value in today's episode. We certainly have a lot to unpack in this episode, so let's go. Shouts out to Vince Noble. What up? That's the big homie. Help me stack when my pockets was flat. Now I got a grip on me. Information, motivation, inspiration. Inspiration. Make sure that you avoid elimination. Elimination. Renovation of your finances. I done had more than five chances. Vince got more than five answers. A celebration. Let's hire dancers. All this good game, you bet not bypass. Out front, out front. Yep, that's the podcast. Sean, welcome to the show today. Hey, Vince. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Hey, brother, man. It is certainly a pleasure uh, to have you with us today, sir. Uh, And so I happen to believe, you know, when it's all said and done, Sean, that the history books will bear witness that your name has been solidified among some of the greatest thought leaders this generation that has helped shift the culture and humanity in a positive direction. So I salute you, sir, for what you've done and you continue to do it. Thank you today. Nah, thank you so much. And, um, you know, I am a big fan of what you're doing, really trying to educate and empower um, a generation of, of leaders and thought leaders themselves so um you know congratulations on all that you're doing 
Yes, sir. Certainly a pleasure. So, Sean, for those who may not know you, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what your early childhood and influences was like. Um, I'm just a kid from the South Bronx, born and raised South Bronx, New York City. Uh, I'm a kid who came up during the crack era. And it's interesting because the older I get, you know, God, he 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 imparts wisdom on us. And, you know, I really tried to live my life under the, the, the guidelines of nothing we go through in this life. I don't care how small, how insignificant Mm -hmm. it might seem. It is all for purpose and reason. And I'm saying that to say coming up during the crack era was also the, the beginning stages of the infancy, if you will, of hip hop. You know, hip hop was it, it was born and bred in the South Bronx. So I came up in a, a borough that right. was birthing this new art form. And for me, I just loved it. I, I was all about this hip hop culture. It was new. Um, it was edgy. And I was just a fan. But mm-hmm. fast forward my life, you know. I'm like most people. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, when people ask me, what is it that you want to do? I, I couldn't answer that. And I couldn't answer it because I was too busy looking at the traditional. I was too busy looking at what society at that time uh, said, okay, this is an acceptable career choice. You know, people mm-hmm. in my family told me go out and get a city or state job, um, join the armed forces, do what we all know is uh, acceptable and in, in more uh, conformity in terms of our lines of work. Right. I, I wasn't built that way. And as I struggled and, and I tried to figure out what it was that I wanted to do with my life, eventually God, God should look, look, Sean, what it is that you love to do is the, is the same thing that you have been doing for fun. You just never looked at it as a career choice. Mm-hmm. And I kind of fell back on my first love, which was hip hop. And mm-hmm. at that time, because, you know, I, I don't write rhymes. I don't produce beats. Um, I'm not an artist. Never thought, uh, never, never wanted to be. I'm, I'm a behind the scenes businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I didn't realize that there was a career in, in that art form. I, w- I didn't realize it was a career in music period, but just following what I love to do, it led me into a world that I didn't know existed. And with that being said, you know, I took five internships, failed four times. And when I say five internships, I mean, working for free literally for free, no lunch money, no car fare, no anything, because I really wanted to get into this music industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right when I was about to quit, I, I, you know, there was a guy named Sean Diddy Combs out there and he was starting Bad Boy Records. He needed free um, to very low cost labor and I needed to get in the music industry. It was a match made in heaven. and that's when my career started. I went mm-hmm. from an intern, literally an unpaid intern at Bad Boy Records to VP and mm-hmm. uh, vice president um, of marketing and promotion. And from there, you know, I went on to start, as you mentioned earlier, 
um, part, I mean, power moves, marketing and promotion. And we have worked with some of uh, the most established artists, corporate brands, everybody from HBO, you name it, we've to McDonald's, we've worked with them um, over the course of our years. And I'm at a place in life now, God has blessed me um, mm-hmm. both financially and personally. And being a kid from the South Bronx, I, I you know, I want to be the person that I never had in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be that mentor, that educator, that teacher, that person that inspires people to chase their dreams, chase that right. thing that you love, understand that you might not fit into that box of conformity. You might mm-hmm. see yourself totally different than everybody around you. And that doesn't make you wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes you special. And right. if you're old enough and ambitious enough, and, and, and you're a person who uh, will accept the challenge that I might not see the, the world through the same vernacular and the same lens as That's my right. counterpart, but I am, I am up to the challenge of chasing my dream. I, I, I want to be that person to inspire you to do so and get out there and, and live the life that God has preordained for you. That's right. So That's hopefully right. I gave you a little bit about my backstory. Hey, absolutely. That was awesome, uh, uh, Sean. You know, and a couple of things that go along with that, uh, you know, as you said, um, it, it all kind of worked together for your good. And sometimes we don't um, we don't fully recognize it until we in it. We don't realize it until we actually in it. But 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 the good, the bad, the right, the wrong and the ugly it all works together for our good, you know? And, um, you know, t- to that point, you know, I was a sort of a kid that uh, I-, I colored outside of the lines on purpose. <laughs> you know, uh, I-, I didn't see a reason why, why would we have to color within the lines, but, uh, and then called uncommon, if you will. But, but it was that, that uncommon uh, person has, has, uh, develop into this adult being that has had some uncommon success as a result of that. So all those people that's out there sometimes is listening uh, and they're chasing their dreams and people saying, I don't know why you should be doing this or that. Um, you should just conform or condition the way things are. You know, that's inspiring in itself from, from whence you come or came to now it, it's very inspiring in a sense. So, so Sean, you know, um, you know, obviously there's a lot that go with being a music executive. Um, how did you stay kind of organized and what was the single kind of thing you did for as time went on in terms of your own personal development? What type of things did you do? Well, I tell the part of the story that I took four unpaid internships before taking the fifth one, which landed me my first job in the music industry. I tell people that story for a reason. Um, And I want to get a little more specific about it because uh, those four unpaid internships, those were over the course of years, close to five years, like literally. So you got to understand when I figured out what it was that I wanted to do with my life, there was a, a level of dedication. Now, see, Here's the thing that most people don't realize. 
I was blessed at some point to open my eyes and realize this is my first love, right? And this is at the time because our loves change. But at that time, my love was music and wanting to be in that industry. But then, you know, God says, okay, you know what? You say that, that, that you love this industry. Well, let me test that. Let me, mm. let me just test mm. it. So I found myself over the course of going on five years working for free, <laughs> taking internships, literally going into offices uh, and doing a full-time job every day, five days a mm. week. And, wow. you know, a year would roll by and I would beg, plead, ask, can you hire me? No. I just gave a year of my life for nothing. Are you serious? So then I go to another label and then I go to another label and then I go to another label. But by the time I got to bad boy mm-hmm. and trust me, when I tell you this, I was ready to quit. Wow. I had sacrificed close to five years of my life before I even walked into bad boy. And I had to work another year there for free before they offered me a paycheck. But to answer your question, when I thought or I was made to believe that I was unhirable, that Mm -hmm. I lacked something, um, you know, that that would allow me to get a job. And when I started to look in the mirror and I would doubt myself, Mm -hmm. God was building this resilience in me Mm -hmm. because I would never quit. I, I, you know, I, I would I would strike out at one place and I'd go to the next place. I'd strike out there and I'd go to the next place. But he was building this resilience, this savagery, this take no prisoners attitude, this you, you will give up before I will ever stop trying. You I understand that that you are the resistance, but I am persistence and persistence will overcome resistance every day of the week Mm -hmm. and twice Mm -hmm. on Sunday. So when I got into bad boy and here's the deal, right? When somebody is painting a masterpiece, which God does with all of our lives, all of our lives are masterpieces. But when somebody is painting the masterpiece, you don't see it when they are putting that first stroke of the brush on that canvas. You don't see that. Now, maybe in that person's head, they see the completed uh, masterpiece, this painting, this thing that will one day be worth a fortune. But for somebody else looking, you don't see it. You can only see the masterpiece after the fact. And I remember when I got into bad boy and I rose through the ranks super quick. It was because God was preparing me. Mm-hmm. I looked at those internships as a waste of time. I can't believe all of those years were wasted, but they weren't wasted at all. God was developing me. He was chiseling me. He was, right. he was, he was taking that, um, you know, like a stonemason and they, and they got the chisel and the hammer and they just getting all of the loose ends off. So by the time I literally 
became a, 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 a hired employee at a record label, I was light years, uh, my, my experience level was, was light years ahead of my competition. I was mm-hmm. able to run circles around them. And it was then that I understood the masterpiece. None of those years went to waste. None of them. Right. Right. They were all building me. I came in with so much experience, but I also came in with a level of focus that I did not take my position for granted because I worked so hard to get it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't handed to me. There was nothing about it that came easy. So when you say, when you ask the question, there is a level of focus that I have that I realize Every breath we take, uh, if God puts us in a position of our dreams, you don't waste it. Time is our great, it, it, it literally is the greatest and most fleeting asset that we will ever have. So you have to take advantage of every single minute. And I That's stayed right. focused and I stayed humble and I, and I kept my head down and I let my work and my performance speak for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was it, it, it was the jet fuel it mm-hmm. was it was that battery pack it was that energy source that allowed me to propel through the music industry right um, you know while everybody else was so focused on you know i can get into concerts for free and mm-hmm. they were so right. trying to to be now here's that word conform again mm-hmm. they were trying to conform to what they thought executives um in in entertainment industry people act like and look like so they're going out and they're buying you know expensive cars and in everything that they acquired they're wearing it or, right. or driving it um, you know, they, they're spending their money on, on, on bottles in the clubs, all of that stuff for me, I would, that, that meant nothing. I worked too hard to get here. I'm just yeah. trying to move up and dominate this industry. So it was a level of focus that I had that I should, that I have to this day. And I, mm-hmm. and it's this relationship with time that I know it's finite and, 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 and we are all given just a, a small amount of time on this earth that That's I need right. to use every minute to the most. That's or to right. The Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, Sean, I, I believe that, uh, you know, the, the greatest Bible thing is it, it, it doesn't matter how you start is how you finish. Um, so Sean, 100%, 100%. Absolutely. So Sean, what, what would be the single, you know, piece of advice you would give someone that's sort of seeking out an intern position in the music industry? It would be the same advice that I would give to anybody doing anything that you claim mm-hmm. that you love because people yeah. say that they love or they want something, you know, here, here's a deal, right? If we, there are people who I'm not a chocolate person, but I know 99.9% of the people walking the planet love chocolate. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, I'm with my wife and she has this, I, I just got to have chocolate. I got to have chocolate. All right. that, that woman will walk to India, <laughs> to, to, you know, to get chocolate if she had to. And I'm saying that to say, when you want something, you desire right, right. something, you will go to the ends of the earth to get it. 
Now, right. people say that they want something all the time until they're tested. Mm-hmm. You, you don't become battle tested unless you go through battle, unless you mm-hmm. are literally on the battlefield. So for my advice for anybody looking to get an internship or do anything, if that is what you want, then you have to go after it. Number right. one. No matter how many doors are closing your face, no matter how many people say we're not interested um, in interns or you have to be registered in school, figure it out. Figure it out because there's always a way. There literally is always a way. And people, people say they want something until there's an obstacle put before them. And then all of a sudden, that's their excuse for not going after it. That's the thing that they can hang their hat on and say, well, I tried, but what Mm -hmm. do you mean? But there is no such thing as impossible. It isn't. How bad do you want it? And are you willing to figure it out? So I would just say, if you truly want something, I don't care how much resistance comes in your way. You better be that unstoppable force. In the midst of an immovable object. Trust me when I tell you, nothing wants to stand before you. And they know you will keep coming. You will never stop. If if, if you have sent them three emails saying, I want to get an internship and they they haven't um, responded to you, you start blowing up their phone. You Mm -hmm. start showing up at that door. You start showing them that, look, I am that person that you need to have on your team. I will bring something to this organization that nobody else in here possesses because I am willing to work late. I am willing to come in early. I am willing to put my ego in my pocket and do whatever it takes because I want to be Mm -hmm. in this industry. I want this internship. So that would be my advice. That's right. You know, one of the things I found out, Sean, is that oftentimes people, they they underestimate the commitment uh, and, and then they, they get involved in something and they find out, man, this is a bit much. And so, you know, although they may want next level stuff, they may talk next level stuff, but most people are not just willing to do next level stuff. Um, and as you said, whatever it takes are you willing to do next level stuff? Or are you just talking about next level stuff? 90% of the time, 90% of the people don't do what they know to do. They are just not willing to do it. So they want this life that they envision for themselves. But when they consider it, they say, oh, I'd rather stay the same. I'd rather stay who I am. Uh, I'd rather stay true to who I think I am right now. Uh, and, it, and it may cause them, just like you said, your wife would do anything to get that chocolate. So what if it requires you to move to India or, or somewhere? And you're like, no, I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> you know? So, you know, what I found out a lot of times, people, they talk next level stuff, but they're just not willing to do next level stuff. I mean, I can't, I, I can't agree with you more. And, you know, the only thing I would add to that, because you, you you said it perfectly, there's nothing on this planet that's free, right? There's nothing. I, I, don't, I don't care what it is. You're going to pay somehow. Sometimes right. it's just with your time. That's Sometimes right. it's just with sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is just giving something up 
that you would normally be doing at that moment, but you're going to pay. And it really comes down to a very, very simple question. Are you willing to pay the cost for whatever it is that you want? You said it. People are not willing to do next level stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the cost is next level stuff. That's right. That's right. Nobody wants to pay it. They they say up front, I want it. I want it. But are you willing to pay? If, if, here's the deal, right? I ain't seen a Lamborghini, a Aston Martin, a Bentley. I haven't seen one of them on sale yet. There is <laughs> never. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I don't care how often you see a Honda commercial and they talk yeah. about Hey, hey, you, you, you can get a factory <laughs> discount and this, yeah. that. I haven't seen a Lambo no, no, on sale yet. No, I ain't but they that. still sell them. That's exactly. Right. Because so somebody yeah. wants it and they are willing to That's pay. That's right. The They're willing to pay. So, so don't even go down. Don't even go in there talking about, can you go down on it? <laughs> no, ain't no haggling. <laughs> it ain't no time of year. It is no Black Friday sales. You can't go the day after Christmas and think yeah. you go. It is no. To, hey. and, and that's the thing with life, right? Sometimes, if you want, if you really want to change your life, that's right. There's no sales. There's no yeah. easy way. You ain't waiting to the day nah. after Thanksgiving and think you did ain't no Cyber Monday yeah. and, and think, okay, I'm going to get a discount on my new life. It don't yeah. work like that. You got to put in the work and you got to pay the cost. And, and it never go on sale. Success never go on sale. Never. It's just going to cost everything as a trade off, but this is going to cost you. It's going to cost you. I mean, I just told y'all just a part of my story. I can go yeah. into so many areas. I just told you <laughs> that the entry level, we didn't get to me uh, getting my business off the ground. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't get to even what I'm doing now with, with speaking and traveling the country and, and, and jumping up on stages and motivating. Like the, the, yeah. There is a sacrifice and there is a cost. I don't care what level you're on. It's always going to, and how bad do you want it? It's as simple as that. That's right. That's right. So, so Sean, so when you were standing in your, your, your grandfather home that day and he, and he looked at you and said, boy, it's time for you to go. You didn't see the date. I didn't see. Okay. And for, for any of your listeners who don't know that story, obviously you have definitely done your research on Sean Frags. <laughs> but I was kicked out of, I live with my grandfather and I was kicked out of my grandfather's home because, you know, as in my grandfather, just to, to put it in perspective, he is the single most, uh, influential male figure that I've ever had in my life. So, so let's start there. I revere that man. I love that man. Or I mm. loved in the past tense because he passed a couple mm. years ago. But with that being said, my grandfather comes from in a, a, a different generation. Um, mm -hmm. For him, for him, success was a city job. It was government job. It was mm -hmm. Something that was stable, something that, you know, if you worked, you had a paycheck every two weeks. 
I I was I, I I didn't come from that generation, and even had I my DNA, God made me different. I just saw mm-hmm. the world different. Right. I you know at that time I was living in the Bronx under His roof. I I never thought for a minute that my story was going to end in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I, I I knew that that. God would change my zip code in my mm. area code. God would mm. change the mm. amount of zeros in my bank account. Wow. I always knew that. So when my grandfather did kick me out because I was chasing this dream, I was going after something that he didn't understand. Not that he not that he had anything against it per se, but he didn't right. understand it. When, when I'm working for free, for him, he does that doesn't compute with him. He didn't come from an era of taking free internships. And right. he's like, boy, you're wasting your time. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so so you 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 damn right. Can I say I I saw the house I'm living in now? Can I say that I saw um some of my other homes I own? Mm-hmm. Maybe right. not definitively. Mm-hmm. But I saw the fact that I would have right. a, a, a home bigger than I've ever known. I saw the fact that I would have multiple properties. I saw the mm-hmm. fact that I would, would be in a position um, that financially no one in my family had ever seen before. Yes, I saw all those things, but I mm-hmm. couldn't tell you it would be on this street and this would be the address any of right, that stuff. Right, no. Right. Um, but even when I was at my lowest, when he kicked me out and he didn't give, and, and here's, and again, right. Are you willing to pay the cost? Because I had, I gone in and gotten a job, had I gone in, in, in conform, my grandfather would have let me stay at the house. Mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to do that because I had a bigger destiny. And when right, he kicked me right. out of the house, I'll never forget maybe about two weeks before I had to leave, he had his bedroom recarpeted. And mm-hmm. if you know anything about when they when they recarpet your floor, they 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 bring a, a more carpet than um they're supposed to have, and then they cut it and they trim it to the size of your bedroom. And he had this little piece of carpet that was left over. It was about maybe six foot in length and about three feet wide. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I left that house with was that little piece of carpet. And that was my bed for the mm-hmm. next six months. I literally wow. stepped on, slept on the floor on that piece of carpet. I had to go out and get uh, covers. I had to go out and get, I, he, he, when I, when I say I got kicked out, I got kicked out and I said, Grant, can I at least take that piece of carpet? And he was like, yeah, you can take that. That's all you take it. <laughs> but you know, Sean, it's, it's, that's so much power in your story, brother. And, um, I, I tell you, man, just listen to it. Uh, I am man enough to say it bring me to a degree of emotion because I realize there's so many young men that I, when I go uh, uh, visit uh, the prison system, when I walk the streets of Chicago and Baltimore and D.C. and these places, you know, a, a lot of the, the issue is a lot of these young brothers don't have vision. And, and I ask them, what do you see? Because sometimes you have to still see it 
before anybody else believe it is what do you see that will keep you consistent on a certain path but the problem is there's a lack of vision uh, and that's so much power in, in the story that you tell when you do tell that story brother so again then those fast forward a little bit what was your vision you know uh, for the global spin awards for anybody who's not familiar with the global spin awards the global spin awards it, it, it is the Grammys for the DJ. So think of it this way. Uh, if you are an actor, you have the Golden Globes, you have the Academy Awards. If you're a singer, you have the American Music Awards, the MTV VMAs, um, the Grammys. If you are a DJ, the highest honor you could receive on any calendar year is the Global Spin Awards. Mm -hmm. So let's start there. And hopefully, even within that answer, um, it answers your question. The vision was from from the gate um, was to create an event, creating a, a platform to recognize the most under recognized, but most influential uh, part of this culture. The, the people who were on the front lines of breaking records. But they were never recognized publicly. They were never recognized by uh, the industry that that you know they served in. So I wanted to create this platform for them, and you know it, it, we named it the Global Spinner Awards, and you know it, it has it has become um, single single handedly the biggest uh, the biggest event that any DJ can aspire to be in or, or be mm -hmm. recognized at. Right, right, right. So, so from a from a corporate perspective, would you say let's jump back to, you know, Power Moves Inc. Um, from a from a corporate perspective, uh, Sean, what has been, you know, some of your biggest challenges in terms of scaling your business? Okay, that that's a that's an excellent question, and I don't even know where to start or where to end. Uh, I, I would just go over a couple of things that come off the top of my head. Um, mm -hmm. For one, I'm from the Bronx, right? And being from the hood, we 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 we're very loyal. Um, it's always about keep it real. Um, and I was always taught the person you come to the party with is the person that you leave with. You mm -hmm. you 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 don't you don't go to the club with your friends and you leave and leave them there. Nah, y'all all leave together. You make sure you all made it back home safe. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, one of the biggest lessons I learned is scaling the business. As a CEO of a company, your first priority is to the business. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it like that. It is not to the staff. It is to your company that company mm -hmm. is your baby it is right. it is you you conceived it you nourished it fed it uh got it to a place that that it grew and started to be able to kind of perform without you having to nurse it every five minutes as, as you would do an infant and i'm mm -hmm. saying that to say me being the loyal guy that I am, there were people who started the company with me. 
Um, not as partners, but they were there in the beginning and they believed in my vision. They believed in what we were doing, but they were good, you know, when the company was an infant, when it, mm-hmm. when it, when it was a baby. But you have to recognize that in order for a company to grow, any company, you need qualified people. And although those people might have been qualified at the time that the company was making, let's say, zero to $50,000 a year, Mm -hmm. are they qualified to get you from $50,000 to Mm $500,000? Do you need to bring in better qualified people? Because once you start hitting that $500,000 mark, Can I go to a million? Mm -hmm. I need individuals that have a skill set to take me there. Right, right. You know, once you get to a million, you might have people who are great at maintaining a million dollar revenue annually. But you know what? I want to get to 10 million. I need people who, number one, have the skill set, the vision, and the experience. They've played in this game before. They know how to scale a business. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, I would say your company, it's only as good as the people running it. It's only as good as the people who are working there every day. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to separate business from personal. And I was a victim of that early in my career where I wanted to keep it real. And I I recognized that there were people when this company was nothing and they were the ones that helped this company start to grow. But unfortunately, the company outgrew them. Mm -hmm. They were limited because when the company started to outgrow them, they didn't say, okay, let me keep up. Let me go back to school. Let me try. They just, I was here from the beginning. So I deserve a a title or I deserve um, tenure in the company, even if I'm not bringing anything to the table anymore Mm -hmm. uh, of substance. So you got to be ready to make those hard decisions. And then kind of along in that same line, you need qualified people. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and when I, you know, when I was saying you, you, once you get to a certain dollar amount, you know, just for lack of a better number, you know, you're doing a million dollars a year in revenue. I mean, as a businessman, you, you, you want to do, you want to do five. I want to do 10 right. million. Well, I right. got to get five and $10 million people in this door and I have to pay them. Mm-hmm. I got to pay them their worth. Because they are going to be the one that is going to help take the and, and, and then I'll say something that's very cliche, but you never want to be the smartest person in the room. That's right. You never want to you want to have the vision. You want to be a person that that I can tell you where I see this company. I just need y'all to execute mm-hmm. on this vision. But you don't want to be the smartest person. Like, let let the person who handles IT handle IT. 
Mm-hmm. Let the person who, you know, runs the marketing department, let trust them. If they're great at digital market, leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Trust them so that you can focus on the bigger vision of that company. And then lastly, I would say another lesson that I had to personally learn. When you start a company, it is really your baby. It really, Mm -hmm. really is. And you grow it and you see this company start to become a brand. And whereas once before you had to solicit business, now the calls are coming in and you're just fielding what business you want to take. You have to learn. Okay, I'm a CEO. Mm-hmm. A CEO has to be that 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 CEO sits at the head of the table. And if I hire people, I have to trust mm-hmm. my hire. I have right. to trust them. I got to delegate. I can't do everything. Nor yep. do I want to do everything. So when you were a small company, you had to do everything from take out the garbage to sweep the floors to answer right. the phones. Now that the company can hire people, you have to be willing to delegate and take your hands off and let them be the professionals that they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think there's so much power uh, in that, uh, Sean, is that a lot of, um, you know, a lot of quote unquote leaders don't do that and, and they and they fail to even realize why their organization is not growing because they don't they don't believe in delegating. They haven't gotten to the point where they delegate. Not only that, hire people that can deliver the kind of value that's going to help you get to the next level. And so, you know, one of the things I often say is, you know, I've been delivered a long time ago from needing to be the smartest guy in the room, but I am smart enough to know who needs to be sitting at the table with me. And then you give, you give people left and right boundaries. You, you, and then you let them go. So, hey, Sean, you know, one last one of the last questions I would ask you is that, you know, what, what does 2022 look like for you? Right now, I am singular focused on power move makers. And what power mm-hmm. move makers is, is uh, it's this new iteration of my life. Um, I really am in a point of life of legacy. It's not mm-hmm. about it's not about money. It's not about any of those things. It's, a, it, it, you know. Again, time is finite. We are here for a very short period of time. And you can acquire all of the wealth in the world. But what did you give back? What, Mm -hmm. What part of you is going to live in someone else? How will the world speak your name? And for me, for Sean... This is about my legacy. Mm-hmm. And that is why I am out there and I'm speaking every chance I can. Mm-hmm. I am empowering, I'm educating, I'm motivating every chance I can because I want my legacy to be this was the guy that made me believe in me. Mm-hmm. This was the guy who said something, did something, showed me that I could achieve the impossible because it was never impossible to begin with in the first place. I just told myself it was impossible. 
Right, right. I so for twenty twenty two, you're going to see me as a speaker out there way more than I am now. I'm going to keep uh, building that side of of my business, which is now Power Move Makers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I will be releasing my first book. It's been written um, already. Thank God, uh, mm-hmm. we, we're, we're now ramping up to to release, uh, you know, this book, and I'm just going to focus on impacting as many lives in in a, in a positive and motivational way to get mm-hmm. them off their butt and live. Right. And, 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 right. You know, here's the deal, and 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 I'll close it out on this. For anybody who's listening, there is a huge freaking difference between being alive and living. Your, your mm-hmm. only requirement to be alive is breathing. Like there right. is somebody right now who's on a respirator somewhere. That's Don't right. know if they're alive or dead, but technically they're alive. There mm-hmm. is somebody right now who is in a coma. But they're still breathing. Technically, they're they're alive. But but when you say living, that takes on a whole other meaning. Like that takes on that. Like all of a sudden, the paradigm shifts. And and for me, while I'm breathing. You know, God might call me home tonight, tomorrow. Who mm-hmm. knows? Right, right. I want people to know I lived. I took the chances. Mm-hmm. I, I, I looked at certain defeat. I looked at the obstacles. I looked at, at how high that mountain was and still said, I'm going to climb it. That's right. I, 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 I took the knockdowns, the drag outs. And I said, yo, you know what? You're going to have to do it again because I'm getting back up. So Mm -hmm. either you're going to get tired of knocking me out or you just going to have to let me pass. To me, that is what living is all about. And I just Mm -hmm. try. I want people to to, I want people to be bold and unapologetic about chasing their dreams. I truly do. So, so the, this part of my life is about legacy building, and and if my if 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 someone who I never meet hears your podcast, right? If if I never meet them, I never come in contact with them. Mm-hmm. I never have the opportunity to shake their hands, look in their eyes, but they go on and they do great things. They decide today, this moment, being alive is not good enough for me. I'm gonna live. That's right. And they change their life. Then I die a happy man. That's right. And then I did my job. So so that is what 2022 and beyond is all about for Sean Perez. Hey, that's awesome, my brother. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to be looking for the book. Um, we're going to be looking for all those great and wonderful appearances. And, uh, hey, if you ever need a driver or something, you know, I'm available. <laughs> I might be driving for you. <laughs> so, Shaw, listen, brother, before we go, how can how can people find you about more about some of the things you're doing either online or through social media? 
Wonderful question. Uh, again, you know, my name is Sean Prez. That's S H A W N. Capital P is in Paul, R is in Roger, E is in Elvis, Z is in Zebra. Sean Prez. You can find me on all social platforms at Power Moves Prez. P O W E R. M is in man, O V E S. Prez. P R E Z. That's across all social platforms. And I am, uh, I have a YouTube channel where I interview some of uh, this generation's greatest thought leaders, achievers, people who started at the bottom and literally changed their circumstances. Uh, you can punch in Power Moves Prez or punch in Power Move Makers. I would love that you subscribe to my YouTube channel because it really, it really, really is. I, you know, I'm so proud of it. Um, it's a channel that really, uh, it allows people to see that that where your life starts, it doesn't have to end. It, it truly doesn't have to end. Your, right. your, your today does not have to be your tomorrow if you make a decision to make power moves and take your life into your own hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, listen, Sean, my brother, thank you once again you know, for joining us today. And it has certainly been a pleasure. So, hey, please come back and join us soon. I absolutely will. Uh, you know, consider me a friend of the podcast. If you need me, Vince, because I love what you're doing. I love your mission statement. I am here, my brother. Absolutely, sir. I look forward to that. Peace and love, y'all. We certainly hope that you enjoyed today's episode. So make sure to join our Facebook group, Out Front with Vince Noble. And don't forget to comment, rate, share, and subscribe on the Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to download your podcast. Until next time, remember, you still get to write your own life story.